0: What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time's here. Come with me if you want to live.
1: That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over.
0: Of course, will be with you. Always.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and we are continuing our reanimator retrospective. And who better to join me than uh, my past guest, Dave Horrocks. You're, you're back and uh, reanimating. How are you finding it? How are you finding it so fun and uh, how are you doing?
0: I'm very good. Thank you, Scott. It's great to be back and talk a little bit more about this reanimator universe that we have here. I um, do have to say, th- through this and the VHS Strikes Back, I just seem to have watched a lot of very questionable movies of this yeah. last month, <laughs> a lot of very questionable saucy movies, I have to mm. say, and um, I- I'm just glad, to- I was just saying this literally on my last recording on, on the VHS podcast, but I, I sometimes have to uh, draw the curtains because when you walk up my drive, yeah. you can see the TV, you know, <laughs> from the front door. And like, some of them, We've just done hard ticket to Hawaii, which is basically—I don't know if you've seen it, but it's—it's no. just a softcore porn film, uh, <laughs> but with '80s action. Uh, it's just ridiculous, and and because I was watching it in the day, I was just like. I'm going to have to draw the curtains here <laughs> just in case Mr. <laughs> Mr. Amazon turns up and just uh, decides to leave the packages outside.
2: <laughs> yeah, see, oh, so that's what you do, fair enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm
2: I'm podcasting. Yeah, yeah, this is important, this is, these films are important. Um, talk about that, yeah, so what we are going to continue in our uh, reanimator retrospective. There are only three reanimator films. Uh, and in the last episode, we we covered, uh, HP Lovecraft's uh, Re- the Reanimator, uh, Bride of Reanimator, and then today, so today we are going to be covering uh, Beyond Reanimator, the third entry in the series. But I like I like even numbers. We're not going to mess around, so I thought you know, sticking with Jeffrey Coombs and the HP Lovecraft sort of theme, we're also going to be talking about From Beyond, uh, from 1986, um, which has a similar cast. It's got um, Jeffrey Coombs, it's got um, Barbara Crampton and it's obviously based on another Lovecraft story and it's directed by Stuart Gordon who directed uh, Reanimator. So we're sort of keeping it in the house, keeping it in the sort of the family so it sort of fits into that as you said sort of universe Um, but we'll get there, we will, we will do uh, Beyond Reanimator first and then we'll sort of move on to From Beyond so this is sort of like, you know, this is one step beyond Um, for those that haven't seen any these films, uh you can I think believe well where did you where did you watch them, Dave? Just uh out of curiosity. Uh
0: dodgily. <laughs> uh, Amazon. Yeah. Amazon Prime.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can actually get one, yeah. Um, they are available uh through through different sort of um both legit and unlegit means um uh, I actually watched I have the, the Beyond Reanimator uh, Arrow uh, Blu ray, which I've got here. Yeah, so I'm just, very nice. I'll be using that for reference, which is, which is quite cool. Sort of finishes off my uh, trilogy of reanimated films. Um, and then from Beyond, I did actually watch on Prime. Um, so, yes. So, yeah, so we had that. So, the rest of most places. Uh, these are um, two very different films. I think as well, some of you got to the third film in a franchise, as you usually know, there's uh, budgets are reducing. And <laughs> stories are getting a little bit more not say—desperate. But you know, there's some cliches and stuff going on in this film. Um, but yes, for, uh, beyond Reanimator, uh, you, you mentioned this before. One of the things we, we mentioned actually from Reanimator to Bride of Reanimator is uh, the canons a little, the continuities a little skewed, <laughs> uh, and this film most definitely continues in that vein. Um, at the end of Bride of Reanimator, um, Herbert West is pulled into a the crypt uh, to which their uh, basement laboratory sort of neighbours, uh, and is attacked by a lot of the sort of reanimated creatures that he has created. The assumption is he's dead. However, <laughs> according to from Be- uh, uh, Beyond Reanimator. Now, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be the same night or something else, but there is another mm. instance where a reanimated corpse breaks into um, a family home uh, and kills a young teenage, well, young, so a teenage uh, girl, uh, and watching on is her young brother. And then in the process, Herbert West is arrested and sent to jail, and the young boy uh, holds the vial or the syringe of the reanimating um. Fluid, and then it just jumps to thirteen years later. So you've gone because it was made in it was made in two thousand and three. It's even from nineteen ninety to two thousand and three, uh, and then it's there that uh, whilst West is in prison, he's been doing further experiments. Has found another thing, sort of a neutroplasma or a neural plasma, some sort of
0: NCP ad. or something like that. They made up a little acronym yes. for it.
2: Yeah. And this is the sort of the missing component. So previously all of, his, all of his reanimated creatures have been psychotic. They've come back in a rage, uh, mindless sort of creatures. Uh, this, this new creation, this new sort of component is what gives them back their mind. Uh, and as usual, the experiments start and eventually there is a riot in the prison and things go haywire involving um, a shadow <laughs> fight between a rat and a penis. <laughs> And we shall talk about that. <laughs> so great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that is that is uh, Beyond Reanimator. Uh, so first and foremost, let's go back to the beginning. So um, overall thoughts, really, before we really get into the nitty gritty. Like you watch this now, so you, you've you've watched all three of them. But like um, <laughs> Beyond Reanimator, general thoughts. I-
0: I think there's very little consistency, as, as you said, with the, with the whole trilogy. Uh, this one does feel very different, this last yeah. one, from the first two. But we sort of take a five-year leap from the first to the second, so 85 to 90. And then, like say, a 13-year gap. So you, the whole thing spans 20 years. So mm. I don't know if there's many trilogies that span quite that long. So um, it's just it's basically Coombs, isn't it? He's yeah. the thing, and and the the glowy green uh, reanimating, or the reagents as they call it. So um, that that is the thing that's consistent. And I hmm. think they they also do try and take chances. I think I, I'm not going to disagree about the the plot becomes a or the stories become a bit more loose as they try more kind of wacky things but actually if I'm to believe it they spent 3 million dollars on this now the first yeah, one yeah. obviously was a you know not adjusting for inflation or anything the first one was 2 million dollars so in in relative terms it probably was more expensive but still mm. like a fair chunk of change and I do think they were experimenting with some of those very early 2000s CGI effects, weren't they? It's almost yes. like X-Men, some of it. Um, uh, when they put putting the glowy, sparkly stuff into people, you see it sort of traveling through the, the brain and what have you. But um, no, I, I kind of enjoyed it, but I think I'm less forgiving for some of the uh, wrongness of it, <laughs> you know, so, uh, particularly in in like the whole franchise's approach to women and, and female characters. Yeah. You can almost sort of semi-write some of the stuff off in the first one because it's like, wow, it's the 80s, you know? You can't yeah. hold it to the same standard. But I'm looking at this last one. It's 2003 and they have, you know, derivative is probably the word that I would choose to use. They, they've mm. just taken the first one And they've done that thing where they're like, you know, they go to a focus group. It's like, what are the top five things you like about this franchise? Right. Basically, there is your starting place for a script, you know? And so (laughs) I wouldn't say I I didn't enjoy it, but there was nothing as innovative or or fresh, if you like, that came out from that first one. And, And even the second one, I felt you know push the boundaries a bit you know they made these weird monsters and mm. and what have you but this one was just a little bit a little bit of a cash grab i think
2: it's interesting yeah it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because i mean this one was weirdly funded um it's sort of like 50 50 us spanish production yeah it, it, clearly i don't know like you said there may be an audience for this in spain don't know why not sure what that's come from um and it shows because there's obviously quite there's there's several sort of key Spanish actors in this, um, the 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 warden, um, the, the the one of the main guards, and the nurse, um, all Spanish a- actors. And it's fine. No, the problem, it works, it works seamlessly, pretty seamlessly. But you're right about sort of like because they, they went quite fine the first one. Yeah, you know, they have you know you have like a talking head that. That attempts to rape a woman and sort of like you know so you've got it goes pretty far in that first one mm. and then they managed to push it f- further with the wackiness and sort of like the effects in the second one i mean we obviously talked about like um the bride when she sort of disassembled at the end mm. and some of the effects and then you, know, you you have again that the same head comes back um uh with bat wings attached to it now to so sort of like fly around so you've got <laughs> all right we've gone we've gone crazy with this and you're right so there's a lot of stuff in this that it, it sort of seems to have reached its, its barrier you know that that thing of like where in some but there are still things in this and that, where it tries to push that wackiness and we'll get into a couple of them um and Yeah, because I think they, go, they sort of cross a line into... Because everything before has been wacky, but sort of kept within that, it's horror comedy. Mm-hmm. But they sort of like swap places in parts in this film where it's definitely like leading into the comedy more. Um, however, there's still some good practical... Some of the, the practical effects in this are still really good. Um, mm-hmm. When you find out what the reagent does to a living um, body... <laughs> um at the at the end of this as well. And I like that effect, especially when it comes sort of like the messed up bodies sort of steps it's up and asks for more. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, it does, it definitely sort of has that sort of thing. But it, to me as well, just watching this, this feels like you see a cash grab, and I, I can definitely see that. Um it feels like a TV movie,
1: mm.
2: you know, where the other ones had um, the first one was, it was a theatrical release. I thought, I'm not sure if the second was a theatrical release, but it still had that gloss, that Hollywood shine, that you know, that gloss you sort of get from it, a sort of quality production. This doesn't quite have that. It feels more like it was made for like a a, a digital TV, like a sci-fi movie almost. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it must have been a, a funny time around 2003 to, to shoot film. So... You had uh, Phantom Menace coming out in 1999, Mm. didn't you? And so Mm. everyone was kind of moving towards digital. And, you know, shooting on film that's going to be used in movies, obviously much more expensive than TV film. But I think this looks like they probably did shoot on TV film. Yeah, it looks like it, it. It did make me consider, you know, it must have been a weird time for you've got your early adopters probably moving to digital and and then other people kind of slowly catching them up and everyone shoots digital now, don't they? But mm. I imagine it took a few years to properly transition across.
2: Yeah, and I think that it sort of shows. And, you know, It's just one of those sort of slight qualities. It's a niggle more than anything. It sort of slight shows. But also one of the things that sort of clearly shows in this is, is before, like you had... Now, not to say that any of the acting in, in any of these films has been sort of like Oscar worthy, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it's been of, of a piece. Like, you know, Jeffrey Combs is sort of like is aiming for a certain kind of tone and they've sort of hit it. Even the guy who plays Dan and obviously Barbara Crampton, the first one. Um, and, you know, again, the sort of the, the actors that came back uh, that put into the second one. But this third one, again, like the, war, the guy who plays the warden seems to get it you know like i think he sort of gets it and he's like okay and the others all feel very sort of um soap opera
0: yeah he's he's like a spanish chuckle brother isn't he
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah yeah I don't know what my brother would be in Spanish, but like a chuckle senor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, no, he's he's definitely hamming it up completely, yeah. and and like you say, I think I think a sci-fi movie absolutely nails it. To be honest, it it, it I was surprised when I saw this was three million. To be honest, yeah. I was like, wow, where's the money gone? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, well, it's one of those weird ones because you do watching it, know now knowing that three million was spent on this, you know, see. I don't think Jeffrey Coombs is is, you know, has enough sway to be sort of like demanding multi million multi-million dollar paycheck. <laughs> but he is the key part of this. Yeah. Um. But he has made some terrible films, so it's not like I don't, I don't think he was, you know, turning lots of things down. Um. So I'm assuming it's a good paycheck. But one of the things mm. isn't it, is there's lots of blood in this. There's lots of sort of special effects. Um. But the other thing is the set itself. Although it looks like a TV, the one thing is that jail. It feels like a legit. Like that's not. Like the you know um, you know when you get sort of like studio sets where the the, the walls mm. are sort of like...
0: wobbling as you walk along the floor. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't step <laughs> on that board because the, the third door will pop open. No, th- this this felt like a le- almost like they were filming in a prison. Like it had. Mm. Um, the i felt like the geography you felt sort of like the, the size and scale of it so that was something i was quite impressed with was the set so i wonder how much money was actually spent on either refurbing or renting or doing something with this set which you know
0: it could have been something like that i mean i guess i just assumed they, they had some abandoned prison in spain somewhere and and then just shot it on location I, I, but if they did actually build that all out, yeah, that that would have cost. Yeah. I can't, quite um, a few. I can't believe they built
2: all of it. Are you right? I think some of it must be on on location, but somewhere like the doctor's office with the table, I think some of the bits, I think mm. you know, the, the room with like the electric chair and other. There's clearly some bits I think must have been built, as set somewhere. But yeah, I, I think I think the sort of the what do they call it? Sort of the stage setting and sort of like you know the stage decoration and stuff and everything is really good um but yeah i, I do wonder sometimes when you see these budgets it's like, it's like go back and like you know when you sort of read about canon film
1: yeah, and you yeah. Read
2: the, about their sort of financial um the budgetary sort of like you know this film costs eight million to make and but like, you know you start to add it up and you're like i can only really account for three so that's five yeah. million So <laughs> <laughs> sort of can't seem, seems to have gone somewhere um, so yeah I, I you know I can imagine there were some fees to be paid along the way but, um but yeah it look the sets are good but it looks unfortunately it still looks cheap um,
1: yeah
2: but the story in and of itself is almost of like I say it's, it's just sort of a repeat of of the first one isn't it sort of um West is in prison and this doctor who's now grown up has is, is, is got himself placed in the prison so that he can work with um with Herbert West to bring people back from the dead. He wants to do it to sort of like to save lives and to sort of he has a like, like a noble cause, much like Dan. Um and there's a drop line where you find out that Dan, his past partner, actually sort of turn states evidence. Um and actually <laughs> oh, i a, missed that bit. Yeah. There's a moment after the after they bring back the first, you know the guy who has a heart attack. Uh the prison has a heart attack and they bring him back to life and there's that whole
0: yeah. Yeah. Bold guy.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, at that point um as, as West is sort of taken back to his cell, he actually says to uh, the doctor, he says, um, he says, yeah, my last partner turned state's evidence on me. I, I have um, higher hopes for you. <laughs>
0: right, right. Like, oh, so, right.
2: Okay, so that's cool. That's quite a nice little nugget as to why sort of, like, where Dan is now.
0: Yeah, that is a good little line that addresses the fact that, I mean, Dr. Phillips is basically Dan. He's, he's a surrogate yeah. for Dan, isn't he? But yeah. it's a nice nice that they threw in. I, I miss that line, but I do I do like that they addressed it there.
2: Yeah. So that was the uh, thing. Actually, his name is Dr. His name is Howard Phillips. Um, and obviously it's Howard Phillips Lovecraft. So that was yep. a nice little nod. Um, but yeah, he does. He comes in, and he, his justification, though, his his justification, because I want to talk about the opening scene. Like we've actually talked, you know, we're talking sort of generally, but I want to talk about some specific scenes. His motivation is that thirteen years ago, so nineteen ninety, uh, he saw he witnessed his sister being killed. Now, he he and his friend are in uh, they're sat in a tent in a garden telling ghost stories, and he appears to have that they they are talking about. I believe the legend of of Herbert West. They're talking mm. about the reanimation of body parts and stuff, and then they hear a noise and they go into the house and. His sister, this is the weird bit. It's his sister, and she's in sort of like negligee kind of things. And she sort of like, he tries to like crawl under her legs, like she's tickling him or something. And she he goes under her legs, like his head is trapped between her thighs. And I was instantly weirded out. I'm like, I don't know this. This is too weird. It's too weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought that, that was the first bit, though, where I'm just thinking, okay, the, the whole uh, kind of rapiness to the whole franchise. Yeah. Is not just something that's in the eighties and and nineteen ninety. It's they've they've brought that along because she almost like puts him in between her legs. He, he doesn't like try and crawl under or something. She basically yeah. grabs him and and just shoves him there. It's like
2: it was, yeah, what's like, going it, on here? Well, it was almost at like the start of like a tombstone. <laughs> like I thought she was going to like pull him up, and then that was like you know, oh, right, like an yeah. Undertaker wrestling style. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He, they're all sort of laughing and joking, about it. and then and then sort of like. Um, a walking corpse comes in that's lost its Mm. lower jaw and its tongue sort of sticking out. And again, that looks great. It looks kind of good. It's all practical. It's trying to drink milk, (laughs) Um, but it grabs her and sort of smashes her head against the wall. And, um, you know, you sort of throttles her to death. And so he witnesses that and then he witnesses the creature that's done it. And he sees it get shot to, you know, killed again. And that motivates him to want to become a doctor, to learn how to bring things back to life. So convoluted. Yeah. (laughs) It really seemed like this bizarre, I'm like, well, how's that motivated you to do that, like it seems. Surely you right would like, want to
0: kill the guy who did this. Like you know, that's the first thought.
2: I, well, that was me. My thought. I thought this whole thing was going to be like a setup for revenge. I thought that yep. Doctor Phillips was going to turn up and then be sort of he'd be the one that sort of instigates against West in the prison. But no, they become it's bizarre. Like yeah, <laughs> you,
0: you know, I I felt like this this was the, the way it started was very much post Scream. Yes, just the way it started off, and it was kind of creepy. And you get the the, the zombies kind of point of view, uh, sort mm. of as, as he's walking in, he's looking through the uh, through the window, and she's in the kitchen and what have you. So, I felt it was a bit different to how the previous two started. And and I, like I say, it's not exactly like Scream because you only get it from Drew Barrymore's perspective initially, don't you? But mm. it, it just felt different, and it, it felt much more tent much more of a tense buildup. whereas like especially in the first one you just grossed out from the start aren't you you've got yeah, it's, it's dr Hans gruber film, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know his eyes are bulging and everything and, and it's a gore fest whereas i i felt up until you see the zombie trying to drink the milk they, they played on the tension quite a bit more
2: no, I agree with that. That's a good point, because I think, yeah, you're right. It's, it's it, This is a post... Well, it's 2003, so it's a post screen world that's sort of making this in. And I think, you know, there's other films, obviously, you've had all those sort of return of those slashes, haven't you? The, sort mm. of the, the meta slashes, the knowing slashes. And it does, it tries to sort of have that... You agree, slightly sort of address that tone at the beginning, and then quickly drops it <laughs> to move on to, to being what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and obviously then they go to the prison. It just says it sort of start, you know, quick cut. Thirteen years later, Herbert West is working in prison, Um, and he's now sort of capturing rats to electrocute them. And it just turns. Out. This is, I mean, this is one of the key things of this plot is the rat he kills in in this opening scene is the pet of another cellmate. So yeah, there's this sort of it's it's <laughs> you see, but it's been convoluted. <laughs> it, it's both really simple, but really like the subplots in this are really bizarre and convoluted. Um, because it, the the the, the 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 whole gist of this film is that thing of they've added something at each point, haven't they? So, the first one was about bringing the dead back, the mm-hmm. second, second one's sort of like the ability to reanimate uh independent body parts. Now, they're bringing in this electrical component that sort of you know gives these gives people the. Um, their brain, sort of. It's almost at one point they even call it their soul. It's almost that sort of mm. that's, it's capturing an essence of that person, and we find out that that can be interchanged between things like rats and humans. Mm-hmm. So they keep adding an element, and it, it just yeah, it does become slightly convoluted. Um, <laughs> it's trying to sort of bring all these components together, but so yeah, what were your thoughts when when it sort of gets into the prison? And you, well, firstly, what's your thoughts? You've you introduced back to Herbert West. You've got Jeffrey Combs going back in. How do you find him in this film?
0: I, I still think he's the best thing about it. Oh. You know, you, you're drawn to him. I do think he, he's hamming it up a little bit less than he, mm. he had done previous. I, I think he's still playing that kind of batman villain but i just found him a little bit down on the on the scale from before and like i say it's quite obvious with phillips that you know i didn't know he was going to be the little kid but you're like what is his game here and when you get the the guy the nosferatu looking bloke you know and he's he's sort (laughs) of dying and then you're like well i know where this is going you know because there's no real reason to bring him back at all um you know so i i just thought it had the dna of you know the whole reanimator series and so even though like you say that it takes you a while to stop thinking about the mm. fact that it's a tv movie quality movie if you like um but yeah it's still i definitely think coombs is the best thing
2: yeah no i agree with that i think everyone else sort of like revolves around him don't they you sort of get this feeling like he's the i mean he's the he's the freddy crew he is the jason he's the key mm. he is the reanimator yeah. um but I, I like the fact that he's still slightly arrogant and sort of gets indignant about things but he's still a terrible scientist
1: yeah
2: <laughs> um because when he gets a fluid the the reagent and he's just like oh it could it could have de- degraded over 13 years or not and straight yeah. away, he's just like, it's, I'm not going to test it. I'm just going to inject it straight into this person. And I say, Dr. Phillips is just like, what are you doing? And he tells him, he's like, oh, all right, fair enough. Like, you know, he's not yeah. like going to stop him. He just says, we could be found out. And that's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it sort of kicks off. I, what, what I find is though, that this film, because it, it brings it. there's a female, there's, a, there's there are two sort of female um component elements i don't even call them characters because they, they sort of they're there for. there's a nurse who's paper thin only yeah <laughs> there's, a, there's a nurse who appears in the background of a number of scenes so that when later on she's been chased down and her clothes are ripped off you're like oh i've seen her before she's oh, been in this my film God, before. yeah um and then there's there's a, fee, like a, a female reporter who is writing a um a, an article about uh re you know reintroducing criminals back into society and sort mm-hmm. of things and ends up talking with the doctor and it ends up sort of going off and having you know, this, this love affair with him um, <laughs> out
0: of nowhere
2: <laughs> uh, yeah 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 it literally sort of <laughs> it's just yeah so like, you know can i drive you home yes and then they're in bed and like it's sort yeah. of, yeah like, oh cool, god <laughs> wow
0: i didn't catch exactly the line it's a few weeks since i've watched it now but wasn't he saying like she reminds him of, a sis- of his sister.
2: Yes, he just <laughs> he says that twice actually in the film. In fact, it comes up three times because his sister's name of Sarah or something. And I forgot what her name is. But he basically, yeah, it, at two points during the film, he makes the acknowledges that she reminds him of his sister, and at the end of it, he calls her by his sister's name. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and so you are, yeah, and I am going like, you've you, you've been sleeping with her. Yeah. Like, this is <laughs> this is all weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you say paper theme, you said before, is exactly right. Like the, the female characters in this are literally there for one, for titillation later in the film. Like, you know, she's got like Chekhov's boobs. Like, that's all she's there for. <laughs> um, and, and this reporter character is literally there again to be that sort of. she she, she well, She's basically, in comic terms, she becomes fridged. She, you know, she is. Yeah um it sort of instigates the whole almost part of the whole thing at the end um however she also she also leads to the, the the titanic fight you know her she basically bites off the penis that leads to the titanic fight between you know animated penis and rat which cannot be undersold <laughs>
0: I, I think, you know, the the horror comedy at that point just went out of the window, yeah. and it was just pure comedy. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching with that rat. But um, I, I, almost a good way to finish off the trilogy, really, wasn't it? Just a bit of nonsense, you know? Um, yeah. I think the thing is, when the reporter, so Laura... When she's turned up on the screen, and again, having seen the stuff with his sister at the beginning, like, mm. shoving the kid between her legs and stuff, she's absolutely stunning. And mm. she's in the middle of a prison there. All-male prison, by the looks of it. And I'm thinking,
2: oh, no, this this is not going to go well. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't. <laughs> but it comes back to, and this comes back to, I mean, this one was directed by Brian Usner, who uh, directed... Um, the second one as well, bride reanimator. Um, Stuart Gordon directs the first one. Um, and he has that sort of like you know, the, the, between them they have this 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 thing of sort of like eroticism sort of within the horror comedy as well. Hmm. And and so we've you know, we say about the nurse who you know it's, she's literally there, like she gets bitten on the boob, like it's it's there for like you know. It's not, but things. It doesn't even work as like titillation. It's not even. Mm. It's it's weirdly. It's weirdly sort of like just just disconcerting. Um,
0: It's just violence against women, isn't it? Really? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Basically, and so it's a bit sort of like. All right, I'm not sure if you're going for titillation or comedy, but it's just like it's falling kind of flat. Like you're just making it a bit icky. Um, But the female reporter, like you know, we'll get to from beyond in a minute but again, like this has a sort of a similar thing where she sort of like takes off her shirt and all of a sudden she's wearing like a bodice, like corset thing. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, hang on. Like, you know, what's, what's going on there. Um, and cause she's now been reanimated cause she's died. She does actually die. So she, she, there's a fridging moment. She is reanimated and given some of this, this plasma stuff, but she's given it from the warden. And so she starts to take on the traits of the warden and his evil, ver- like an evil version and stuff. Um, And so, yeah, it's just (laughs) trying to keep track of what is actually going on amongst the riot at the end is a bit sort of like, there's a lot going on. Like, there's a lot going on. Um, It just
0: all gets a bit lock up, really, doesn't it? You know, with the the prison riots. And I, I feel like even from the first one, depending on who the characters are and what you want of them, depends how they react to the reagent as well Mm. you know so you've got the the evil hypnotist doctor you know and he's got control of his faculties and everything whereas everyone else just turns into a rabid monster yeah kind of thing you know and, and you've got the same with the warden here you know he turns you know he's in control of himself it seems you know he looks like he could have been in from dust till dawn actually the the way they've kind of made him up there uh,
2: good, good <laughs> yeah good Paul. because i was that's actually exactly what I, was, I was thinking i was thinking this reminds me of another film and now you've literally just said okay that is exactly what where my head was going but i hadn't quite reached there yet um yeah it, you're right you're right that that reagent sort of like right, depending on what you want from the character like the, you know they can be reanimated and they either go like rabid animal or they just become a, a, like a worse version of themselves. Yeah, um, yeah. It's never quite consistent, which is fine. You know, like they, as you say, plot. They get like plot armor, don't they? Sort of. Like they, <laughs> they, they, they don't go crazy because they need to exist for this purpose. Um, and but the, but the warden just replaces that sleazy hypnotist doctor. Like, yeah, literally playing the same role, role as the warden. Um. So yeah, it's all very samey. There's nothing. There's very little in this that I hadn't seen before. Um, I think the the only
0: thing is the the design of some of the let's call them zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, because in the second one they really went off piece, didn't they? And they had those little like uh, you know, a hand with the arm Yeah, that yeah. are glued together. He, he glued like a, an arm and a leg together. Yeah. And, you know, he created these you know uh, uh, fantastical reanimations whereas here it's sort of back to the original but then the warden kind of gets up on his hind legs a bit like a spider kind of mm. thing you have the guy who had the had the pet rat you know and he's basically Before got his so. half missing yeah. um so yeah. so they played around with the effects i think and, and created these different monsters if Mm. you like so i thought that was new but the same kind of archetypes were all there you know the damsel in distress who's got no agency whatsoever you know the the mad scientist who's got the best of intentions but he's arrogant so he he doesn't ever stop to think whether he should do something the warden slash creepy hypnotist (laughs) they're all the same aren't they um so so that's the bit that i think is is derivative about this third one
2: yeah, and I, th- I think you're right. You, you know, if you've seen the first two, um, you, you've sort of seen the, you've seen this one. Um, apart from it's like you say, it's now in a prison. Um, there are some interesting moments. Again, you get some interesting characters that are quite fun. Like I say, uh, is, it, is it called Speedball the one who sort of takes the drugs and <laughs> he's kind of funny. Yep. Um, like I say, when you see what a reagent does to a living body. Um, uh, that's quite cool. Um, and, and like I say, the guy who gets torn in half, like with the with the corp, you know, the, the the guy who has the rat,
1: mm-hmm. when he's just a yep.
2: torso walking down the corridor. Some of these the effects are kind of kind of good. They're actually pretty good. Mm. So there are things that are fun in it, but it does feel very repetitive. Like it's mm. definitely that sort of like you know keeps coming down. Um, but but weirdly, this is the first one that as we get to the end in sort of this is the, the, the in the first one he's attacked by the animated corpses in in the morgue so you think he's dead but they don't they go into bride the reanimator at the end of bride he, he's attacked by all the creations in the the um, crypt mm-hmm. and so you you know you think he's dead this is the first one where he actually escapes <laughs> and there's no yeah. sequel so it's almost like <laughs> I, I think i think i'd have preferred them to keep that um tradition trope. yeah he put the tradition of actually sort of like that you think that herbert west has been killed at the end of each film i think would be a bit more fun and um,
0: i think that's a great call is. they've ticked off so many other boxes to make sure that they've done certain things in each movie and that isn't one, and maybe you know it's one of those things where in the writer's room they're just thinking, you know what, we are sick of trying to address how he's escaped. Yeah, you just get the impression they spent loads of time discussing it, and then they're just like, you know what, we're just gonna fucking carry on as if nothing happened.
2: Yeah, <laughs> ignore the last part of the last film, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but he does escape, he claims to be, he uses Dr. Phillips's badge, um, and escapes. He's one of the bodies to get out, and um is left so at the end of you know the end of 2003 uh herbert west is out in the world um doing whatever he he is to do uh there is no other follow-up but overall but like in the three before we move on to sort of from beyond then so um if you were to order them you know rank them in order then the 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 reanimator films uh what order would you put them in i think it's
0: fairly easy for me i think i'd be in reverse order so the original i just thought was uh you know something quite different i did have some nostal- nostalgic memories of it as mm. well so that often helps give it a bit of a bounce but trying to look at it objectively, I do think that it just is better. You know, it was, mm. it was bringing something new, you know, they were trying some stuff out. Some of the, um, some of the effects were great. You know, yeah. I th- the, what sticks in my mind is like the cat when they bring the cat back for the second time and you yeah. see how painful this thing yeah. looks as it's kind of shaking and, <laughs> um, and, and the way, West is just absolutely hamming it up or, or rather it's Jeffrey Coombs, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Hamming it up as West. I think he was just on top form there. I, I do think the second one wasn't as good, but I appreciated them pushing the boundaries, like say with these different creations that he yeah. was making up, just did something different. So they didn't try and just do exactly the same thing and, and end up in the same place. So so I do quite like the second one as well, but this third one just it does just feel like a rehash of the first one, you know. And like you say, only things different really. You know, he gets away at the end. You get the severed head, don't you? That's that's alive yes. of of the girl. And so, um, before the rat fighting the penis. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, one, two, three for me. Yeah, I
2: agree totally. There's definitely diminishing returns. You know, I, I think I think the first one in particular is is an underrated '80s sort of like horror classic. I think it's sort of you know it went under the radar. I think there's a lot going on in '85, you know, and it's it, it it should it should be revisited and remembered more. I think because um, it is it's a it's a good it's a really good film. Um, yeah. I, I, I like. I do I agree. I like the second one. There's good stuff in the second one. There's some really good moments. There's some really funny moments. Again, like the dog with a with a big meaty forearm <laughs> and the leg. Yeah, they sort of shake there's hands. There's some great little moments in that film. That I'm like, oh that's ace. And it's him when Bride pulls her own heart out and then she sort of disassembles. Mm. I mean, that is a fantastic yeah. shot. Um, and then but then like you say, well, when you get to the third one, it just feels lesser. Of you know, it's that thing of like, yeah, there's some good moments in it, but it generally feels lesser um i think it's sort of like the steam has gone out of it like if you if if they were to revisit this i'd want them to sort of you know we, we do have a lot of like legacy sequels you know they have these things mm. bringing character jeffrey coombs is still about still working you know old man old man west you know sort of have something like the final herbert west story yeah um I don't know, you know, sort of like an island of Dr Moreau kind of thing where they come across an island and find he's done all this stuff. There's, there's ways of doing it, you know. I think it'd be interesting to see if they could do it. Um, You know, re- island of Reanimator or something like that. Um,
0: <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think if you could really go for it and have it like an island of Dr Moreau kind of tale, you know, someone comes across the island and finds all these sort of like weirdly reanimated sort of like body parts hopping around a forest.
0: Oh, it could be like Jurassic Park, and they, oh they actually God, figure yes. out how to pro, how to recreate. Yes,
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be like life finds a way. You could even have him dressed like John Hammond. Oh man, I'm sorry. yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, I saw yesterday <laughs> yeah. someone had posted a, a picture. It was just on the London Tube or something. I think this. Have
2: yeah. you seen it? Yeah, the
0: guy. <laughs> it's just like he's had a tough day at Jurassic Park.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great meme. Yeah, like look, John Hammond sat on the tube book and dejected. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, but yeah, I do, I do really like the, the reanimator films. And I do think there's possibly one more to make there. Um, but anyway, we're gonna go back. We're sort of like we're jumping to a different sort of universe, but it's again Stuart Gordon directed back to nineteen eighty six. Uh, so the year after Reanimator. And um, to, this was to follow up. So, this was the direct follow up to Reanimator. Uh, Brian Newsom was producing, Stuart Gordon directing, starring uh, Jeffrey Coombs as uh, Dr. Tillingast. And Barbara Crampton is back as, I forget the name, um, as, another, as another scientist. And then we have uh, other characters, sort of, you might recognize from things I'm terrible for names from, but the, uh, the, the big black guy from the 70s Dawn of the Dead. Um, but the story here is that Tengas and Dr. Pretorius are working on a machine called the Resonator, uh, and what this does is, is sort of it, it resonates your pineal gland in your brain, which allows you to see creatures that exist at a different frequency to us. So they're always all around us, but we exist at a different frequency, so we don't know mm-hmm. they're there. and They pass through us and all sort of stuff. They can't see us; we can't see them. But within the sort of like the the uh, resonance of this machine—you can see them, and they can see you. And one night, when experimenting, they—they fig- they, they make it work, and uh, Pretorius takes it too far, ramps it up, and um, he is attacked by something uh, that is beyond our realm of understanding and killed. And uh, Jeffrey Combs, tilling Gast, escapes, but is taken into an institution. And as he retells the story of what has happened, um, he. Uh, Barbara Crampton's character sort of convinces them to be able to go back to this house and investigate the resonator, and it all goes pear shaped from there, <laughs> basically. So, from Beyond, before we get into the scenes again, sort of, um, what were your general overthought, overall thoughts of From Beyond? So,
0: I'd never seen this one, mm. um, but I do remember that VHS cover. Quite iconic, the, the, the isn't face
2: it? with the sort of the
0: yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, where you've got um Pretorius or, or whatever his name is, yeah. uh, kind of coming out there. So, I wasn't really sure what I was letting myself in <clears> for <throat> here. Um, so started it off, and it it does start off quite quickly, really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, tilling gas getting bitten by these kind of floating eels, kind of thing. You're like, what the hell is going yeah. on? And then, as soon as Pretorius turns up. You're like, yeah, you're the baddie. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's, there's no preconceived notions of like him actually being good. Like, he, he was there was just, no heel
0: turn, was there? It was just.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a Bond villain literally walking on set and being like, "That's right, I'm the evil one." Yeah, but I, I think
0: what I found interesting as as the story went on that Coombs, it's a very in in some ways it's kind kind of a similar uh, movie to. Uh, reanimator isn't it but Mm. Coombs is not playing this over the top hammed up mad scientist he's kind of the villain the villain the victim Mm. in this really you know he he doesn't it doesn't go for him very well at all and you kind of have Barbara Crampton who's very much the victim in reanimator and she's almost you know pushing things along Mm. it's almost like they've swapped roles
2: yeah, it's yeah. her ambition, isn't it, that seems to be driving
0: it. Yeah. Whereas in Reanimator, it's obviously, mm. um, you know, uh, Jeffrey Coombs' character who's who's driving it forward. So, yeah, again, I, I very questionable. <laughs> you know, some of the some of the things that are going on here, you know, he's Pretorius. He's a proper deviant, isn't he? And uh,
2: yeah,
0: almost got this kind of Hellraiser vibe, you know. In terms, of... I'm so
2: of- glad you said that.
0: Yeah, cause... some of the naughty stuff he's up to, like you know, and he's just trying to push the boundaries of of his various senses and whatever. That I think that's what made me think Hellraiser.
2: Yeah, well, there's actual there's an actual line, isn't there? Because uh, see, you see the room and he's got all the bondage gear and all that sort of stuff, and he's obviously into that kind of thing. And you find out they're trying that he's impotent, so it's sort of like it's a big, you know, he needs to get to mm. that level to get aroused. But um, um, Tillingast actually drops a line and says um he lived he lived his life with you know extending all five senses and that was not enough he was looking, that was it
0: yeah was looking yeah.
2: to extend and it, i thought the same it was like you know two years later we get Hellraiser, but i mean mm. the, the the hellbound heart comes out i think in 86 right so um you know i'm not saying a copy but like there's that there was definitely that sort of feel of Wanting to push the boundaries a little bit further into sort of, mm. you know, those physical that boundaries of pleasure and pain and all that kind of stuff is 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 in there. The the other thing for me that I felt, um, cl- <laughs> that not copied it, but like ha- th- this had a feel. It was I had a really weird at one point like a Stranger Things vibe going on. All right. You know when they go into the, so this, this, we'll get into. They go into the basement at one point. The resonator's been turned on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's switched. It's, it's now sort of like generating its own power, so it, it needs to be switched off at the main breaker. And they go into the basement. And there's that massive worm thing. Mm.
1: Um,
2: but it's 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 the whole setup of its face, the way it's sort of split into four things, all the teeth. I was like, that looks like the Gorgon from. The first series,. <laughs> right, okay. and this yeah, whole idea yeah. of like from beyond, this idea of sort of you know the upside down and this thing of like different res yeah different frequencies. oh yeah,
0: I hadn't made that connection, to be honest, but <laughs> it seems obvious now that, that yeah. you say it out loud.
2: So I'm not saying that sort of like you know Stranger Things is sort of you know will ever go to this point because it's that's, that's too weird to think of. But <laughs> some of the design elements I was I was quite um, I was like oh okay you must have watched this like you yeah, I'm sure you watched this. Um, but yeah I, I think what you said about um, it going certain places. One of the things we sort of mentioned about um, the sexual violence in 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 the Reanimator series. And they've obviously given sort of like the Barbara Crampss character a bit more agency in this. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they drop in, like again, like, we need to be really clear about this. H. P. Lovecraft was not asexual; like he wasn't sort of like you know reproducing like a cell, but like he had a wife. <laughs> he he was married for a short time, but he was he was not a sexualized person. Like it's never mm. in his stories. Like none of his stories have sort of like all of a sudden sort of like, and now we're into the kinky bit. Like there's none of that really in mm. there. But even in this, they introduce the resonator and all of a sudden they're like, and the, reson- and the you know, the, the, uh, the pineal gland being sort of uh, teased and sort of, you know, whatever in this resonation, it makes you, it arouses you. And even says, so <laughs> sort of like, you're just like, hang on. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: It's just an excuse. So for later on, Barbara Crampton gets into mm. bondage gear. Um, and so oh, it, as a kid, when I watched this, like, you know, when you were, when I was a, as a kid, sort of watching, I remember seeing this on VHS, you're just, you you, you are like, it is F because you're like, eee, look at that, like, boobs. It's all, <laughs> you know, because she's, I mean, she is beautiful and she looks amazing. But you watch it now and you're sort of like, all right, <laughs> you You put it in there for that purpose. Yeah. Um, and and it, it sort of, it never seems to, it, it doesn't like, have a payoff. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that it makes you randy doesn't seem to have any sort of payoff in the story, like at all down the line. Um, it sure, doesn't...
0: teenage boys in nineteen eighty-six would disagree with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there was payoff all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just it just feels like it's it's there for titillation only. I mean, it does sort of have this sort of thing of of um, Pretorius as you sort of see him over time sort of he you know that's what he wants this idea of sensual experience Mm.
0: um
2: but it does it feels a bit like shoehorned in i think um for the most part
0: yeah and i i couldn't really you know i I think you just have to go with it don't you because you know initially when they've hit this resonant frequency and, and these monster type things have, have met on our plane, if you like. It twists his head off. Yeah. I like the little effect on the you know, the chalk, the outline of the body, because <laughs> yeah. you've got a little stump where yeah. his neck is. Um, but then when he appears, and it, 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 again, it's like he descends to this monster, but mm. he, he first appears, he, he seems to be there, but he's still creepy as fuck. <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, you weren't quite this creepy when you were alive. So, as as going over to the other side, has that made you even more creepy?
2: I think. Well, I think. Yeah. It sort of fulfilled his. He's almost become like a cenobite, hasn't he? That if you want to take that mm. to hell, of Hellraiser thing, like it has fulfilled this idea of pleasure and pain and sensuality. Yeah. Because he says, you know, because they, again, there is that line they say, um, you know, are you all right? Are you you? Because. You basically, your head's back, like you know, you look okay. Um, and they're confused by that. And he says, You know, know, please go ahead and touch me, you know, prove I shall prove that I am who I am. And Coombs does reach out, and when he pushes him, his fingers sort of merge into him a little
0: bit. Such a good effect, and and you could almost feel it, couldn't you? When his fingers sunk into him, it's like,
2: It's this, yeah, it's brilliantly done. But then he actually says that, and he he is repulsed and sets back, and that's when Pretoria sort of says, like, well, the body is sort of, you know, in in this realm, it's sort of, I've appeared to you in this way because I wanted you to see basically something that you would recognise. And then he peels off his face, and his face explodes into, like, a Beetlejuice effect, and then (laughs) it basically erupts. And I, I love that, that it's sort of like it had... A feeling of like the thing, you know, mm. John Carpenter's the thing and that's something. But the, the effects are really good. Like i I'm really like all these practical effects. No mm. CGI in this. This is all practical. It's all just goo and you know latex. I think they look fantastic.
0: I think the only animation, if you like, obviously it's not CGI, is it? But you've got the floating eels. Like yes. When they're off in the distance, then that's clearly like an animation. But then when it's biting someone's face, you know, you've got yeah. some guy obviously just off camera. <laughs> <was a> stick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I agree. I think the, the practical stuff, particularly with Pretorius, when he, he's sort of morphing into this more and more grotesque thing, I think it's absolutely brilliantly done. Mm. Well,
2: the, the thing is, what I like about this film is it has... Outlandish special effects, like when Pretorius erupts, and then when he returns, mm. like each time he, each time they go back into that resonating field, like he comes back and he's slightly more twisted. Yeah, until you get the climax or sort of like semi climax where he's sort of he's all sort of messed up and stuff. Um, but then you, you do sort of get some more subtle special effects as well, all getting practical, like this part the pineal gland. Um, Becomes like again, like a, a little um, stalk, like a tentacle. <laughs> it
0: yeah, comes, it's like a third out. eye,
2: isn't it? Yeah. So. But the first time that you sort of so if originally, eventually, it sort of like pops out, like you it see it pops out. And it, whenever the resonator's on, they all sort of reach for their forehead and they'll rub their forehead and stuff. Mm. And there's a, a great little shot that when um, Barbara Crampton's character goes back up to set it going again, and she's like, I must feel more, I must know more. When it wakes up, um Jeffrey Coombs uh, tillingast before he wakes up, the thing that wakes him up is you see there's a little bulge on his forehead mm. like it, it, it pulses and I was just like, I'd never noticed that before I was like that's a really that's, I love that that's a great little sort of subtle effect so that sort of is telling you that his body is sensing the the resonation resonating thing mm. um and there's a couple of little things like that that I think just are really cool. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those films again. Like I said, the story almost sort of is there to sort of fulfil the what we want to do—special effects and we want to do these things. And so, sort of, like the story sort of allows them to do that. Really,
0: mm. it's um, kind of it, it's a it's a back of a a cigarette packet story, really, isn't it? You know, it's it's a it's oh, yeah, an yeah. idea about this thing about you know other beings living slightly out of phase with mm. our existence you know you could see that is the germ of the idea and then you get the special effects guys and it's like oh we could create this and we could create that and so it is like a, a bit of a special effects showcase as well i think at the time
2: yeah i mean to highlight i should say the the, the, the lovecraft short story i think is less than 10 pages long um, right right uh, that and, makes sense. And basically covers the opening of the film.
1: <laughs> right.
2: That, that, that opening of the film with Tillinghast and Pretorius, and then one of them smashing up, the uh, Tillinghast smashing up and trying to escape from the mm. That is the short story. <laughs> right. And then so everything else beyond that, of them returning and stuff is all added in, uh, is all additional material. Um, but yeah I mean, that's the thing this film this, this you don't watch this i think for the plotting i think that's the point isn't it? Like it, <laughs> yeah it, much like with the reanimator they're going for the gore and for the splatter mm. and it works well i mean uh, there's some confusing moments i'm a little confused as to why Tillingas is then is bald after he's been attacked by the worm thing um in the basement
0: i just yeah no it wasn't he swallowed
2: yeah Didn't he's he basically to, sort of swallowed but like yeah. when he comes out like he's He's bruised up, like he's completely hairless. I ju-
0: yeah, <laughs> he basically sucked all the hair off him. Yeah. I just assumed I didn't put too much thought into it, but because they needed the kind of eye thing to pop out, mm. I just figured it was the easiest way to oh, like yeah. get the mechanics yeah. on his head and like keep it semi-concealed. I mean, his head is—he's mm. almost like the the brain, isn't he? You know, so I I just kind of assumed it was that oh it clearly is
2: but from a story point of view it's sort of like all of a sudden he's like he's hairless yeah all right i'm rolling rolling with it for now it's fine (laughs) um but yeah again like i say that it has some because this is all about the great moments i think this is where this is a film where i'll be like oh and that looked great and that looked great like um rather than story i mean when you go back to the hotel not the hotel sorry the hospital and, the, the, you know, they're actually sort of turning... The hospital seems to be sort of... Staff seems to be pretty evil. Like before they've been supportive, mm. but they're going to do something to sort of the Barbara Crampton character. I don't know if they're going to cut her up or sort of do, uh, give her a, um, a lobotomy or something like that to sort of uh, calm her down. It's all very sort of, again, odd and a bit mm. scary. Um, but I like the fact that, I like the fact that sort of... You are saying about uh, uh, Coombs, uh, Tillinghast being the, the victim... Mm-hmm. Like he, I like the fact he is like he didn't want any of this, and it's obviously yeah. his exposure is the one that's built up that's that's built it up um and he's he's caught eating brains in the hospital mm. and he's sort of repulsed by his own he's like, yeah, what am I doing and then he attacks his friend one of the doctors um before sort of stealing the ambulance and going back for the sort of, for, for the finale so <laughs> it all feels like i say that I, I do like the fact that, again, he's not playing the evil one. He's not sort of like, you know, he's not the Pretorius. He's not, you know, the West, Herbert West kind of character. He is sort of mm. like, he's going back to destroy it. you know, he wants this all sort of to end, sort of, is is kind of cool. Um, but that that ending as well, though, there's good much sort of their special effects. Because they do, they return to, we've gone through, basically sort of the middle part of the film is then, staying in the house and stuff sort of you know, they turn on the resonator they sort of confront Pretorius um, they see different bits and pieces they've got a police um, sort of support you know support or guard um, he gets attacked by like a little octopus and wrestles <laughs> Jeffrey Coombs in his pants like <laughs> and attacks that worm thing um, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure he sort of turned up on set and was just like I've been working out
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: and they were like oh cool he's like I'm doing this one in my pants and they've just gone <laughs> yeah. all right yeah fine you could do it in shorts if you want no no no, no. i've been really i've been really working hard <laughs> yeah all right um you then go to get the scene where sort of uh barbara crampton have been affected like dons the um the what's it the, the, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah the bondage wear and all that sort of basically attempts to sort of rape um uh, uh tilling i wasn't sure if she actually started
0: to I, I basically, know basically look like it, yeah,
2: yeah. because um, yeah, the, the, the copper walks in, and like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, so that's when they sort of they end up going back to the hospital because it's all going, but uh, basically it reactivates, and then they have to escape, and they get attacked. He, the, the, this is the thing about some of the special effects. So the guy who plays, I'm gonna find his name because I, I need to turn it. The guy who plays the policeman, Ken Forby. Ken, oh, Forby, sorry, Forey. Foray, That's right, uh, Ken Foray. He, the, the, the machine, the resonator sort of activates again, and the is jumping from wire to sort of circuit breaker. And they get attacked by, a, like, a swarm of insects. Best movie, Death. Yeah. <laughs> he literally <laughs> gets eaten. And you see, like, he's almost still alive, but his arms are, like, just bone and goo, and his chest cavities all been eaten away and sort of It looks, it looks great. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so I was a bit, I was like, wow, that's really cool. That's another one where I was like, again, like another one of those moments where you're like, that's really a really cool moment.
0: Yeah, and I, I like it as well just because of the, I, I almost like it when you can see the strings, you know, yes. the fact that they've left his head completely alone. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, just, it's just the actor's head stuck through a, a hole in the floor and then they've got this ridiculous little skeleton that's still <laughs> somehow able to move even though there's no muscle or ligaments left <laughs> no, <laughs> <Hold it's, on. laughs> it, it, I just thought it looked great and again it, it gives me that nostalgia for, for this type of movie where you know like I say you can see exactly how they've done it um, but you know fair play to them anyway I, I thought it, it was for me the best movie death
2: oh it's amazing it's fantastic um, one of the things I would say is this, this, this is the thing with sort of like, you know, Blu rays and, 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 you know, 4K. S- some of these films don't benefit from, <laughs> yeah. you know, you need them to be that little bit murky. But like there's a reason they work best on VHS because those special effects were sort of hidden
1: mm. in,
2: in poor quality VHS um and so when you do sort of get them in in ultra high definition or you know hd or whatever so there are most moments when you can sort of see the strings and sometimes it takes away but not in this film i never feel like that in this film i feel like all the practical effects work Mm. and they work enough that like you say yeah i can i know this is ken for head sort of popped through a floor (laughs) but it's working enough for me to be like yeah i'm buying that that's fine i'm happy with that in this film yeah Because that goes to the end of the film so they do return to the the, back to the house with the resonator sort of the resonator has been activated, and Pretorius is now this like this mass, and he basically consumes um, Tillinghast, and then you get these sort of that basically sort of becomes it becomes a really sort of confusing bit of a mess again, but like Tillinghast then erupts from Pretorius like literally (laughs) and, and starts to rip the flesh off it. Um and at what so at one point like Pretorius's skull is attacking <laughs> is yeah. attacking gas like it becomes a bit of a mess but like, you're not entirely sure what's going on, but it looks great,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, and so yeah, they have this thing, and then eventually sort of uh Barbara Crampton, uh, I've just been checking it's McMichael's. Uh, Doctor McMichael sort of like attacks. She she attacks the the resonator and sort of it breaks and it's about to explode. And she gets she escapes out of the out of the out of the building. Um. And it's sort of it it's all that full circle, isn't it? Like you, it's taking you back to the beginning of the film. You get the woman. There's a neighbor who's complaining about the sort of the noises from the house and oh, her, yeah. her, her little dog bunny. <laughs> um. And then you, you have that moment where sort of like Barbara Crampton sort of like has a bust up a knee and stuff. But she says, she goes she goes hysterical, doesn't she, basically, sort of like mm. falls into hysterical laughter. But so what are your thoughts on that whole finale? They return back to the hotel, to the route, to the house, and it all goes gooey. Yeah,
0: I I don't know. I think for me, the best parts of the movie have already been by the time you get to that. That climax, if you like, yeah. I, I think all of the stuff leading up to it was quite interesting. Just the idea, some of the effects, like say the the way Bill Foray had, had, had died off, I thought was great. And then when it got to the end, I, I found myself just a little bit bored by it. I was just, I was ready for it to be over. Mm. Whereas, like you know, for the Reanimator movies and stuff, it, the climax, the, the last act really is you know quite memorable. um and and i thought it was a nice touch for her to basically go a bit mad scientist right at the end and i I was reading that you know the studio execs didn't really want her uh for the role and it it was um it was stuart gordon who really pushed for it Mm. and they were saying you know she's too young to pass off as like a, a psychologist and so you know, fair play to Stuart Gordon, but she's not there for her age, is she? You no, know?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming when he was, yeah, the pushback was like, she, she's not, yeah, she's too young to play this character. And he's like, have you seen what she's going to be wearing in this film?
0: <laughs> so apparently she sold that dominatrix outfit just at a yard sale. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's probably in someone's basement or something floating about there somewhere. But
2: <laughs> Yeah, interesting to know where that's gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you say that because obviously this is eighty six and reanimated eighty five, and in, in, into nineteen eighty five she's playing an undergrad student, and then in eighty six yeah. playing a sort of like a fully fledged psychologist. I mean, yeah, that's what actors do, and they can sort of play an age range. I, she, I think she's fine. I think you know, it's she she looks a bit young for it, but not, it's not distractingly so.
0: Yeah, I, and I think I think because you have got her and Coombs together it does give it this almost grindhouse mm. sort of feel, doesn't it? You know, where you've got different... You've got the same actors playing these different characters in, in these completely different movies. So I, I kind of... I'm glad you chose this, but it's really because of those two, isn't it? And it, it makes yeah. it feel like it's almost tangential to the Reanimator universe.
2: Yeah, it's that other piece, isn't it? It sort of feels like it's... It it, it fits within this... um. This sort of yeah trilogy. This is you know there's a, there's was almost like a Lovecraft, there's a, there's a gooey Lovecraft sort of <laughs> box set, and it's part of that really. But yeah, and I, I think they're both pretty good in it. And again, this is that thing of like, as I often say, like you know they got the assignment, like they sort of know what this is, and I think you know yeah Stuart Gordon, so they work well as a team. Um, but I was
0: just. I was reading up. I, apparently, the production ran out of money uh, before they actually finished off the finale. Mm. So, and I, I was just looking as we were talking there. So, I don't know if that's got something to do. I, I don't know how you feel about that finale, but for me, it just it just all felt a bit flat. Yeah, and, was- and actually, if they if they ran out of money, that that would sort of explain it.
2: I think the, the one thing that seems obvious, and now you now you say that and it makes it even more obvious is a lot of the finale is like extreme close-ups of goo and mm. like of and, and of those sort of things of like telling that sort of like escaping Pretorius and then the Scott, you know, the the body bit sort of fighting. Yeah. It's all very close up, which tells me it could be shot anywhere. So have yeah. got lighting right, and they've probably filmed that. So it, it, it could well be that like, well, we've run out of money, we're gonna have to do this a little bit. We can't have a, a mid shot or a wide shot showing this thing going on. Mm. And so you're right; it does. It feels very sort of um, rushed uh, towards the end. But um it, the thing is, I said the, the, you, you completely right as well. <coughs> For me, the finale is fine, but it's not even the peak of the film. I think the peak of the film is whilst they're in the house. That, that, that sort of like it's the second act. <coughs> is the best part. I think once they go to the hospital, it's sort of okay. Um, but that third act from sort of the hospital and back to the house, sort of it's all, it's all okay. Mm. But that, that midsection is definitely my favourite part of the film.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's where it gets... Pretorius gets his creepiest, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, he gets creepier and creepier. And, the, you know, there's a, another scene that where you, you kind of see he's got all, all his fingers are growing in mm. front of your eyes, and he's saying, if I was alive, I'd enjoy you in other ways, you know? <laughs> you creepy old bastard. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely I'd I'd agree with that, that the middle kind of third of it is definitely the best bit. Mm.
2: The thing is, I think, you know, I've got to check, actually, because I think it's th- this... Um... There's sort of like a, a, a collection of films, I feel, from this sort of period. Um, that are this sort of like Brian Usner and, and, and Stuart Gordon that, that have this sort of so they were going for a certain kind of like splatter horror comedy. Mm. Um, because you've also got i have just checked them out. You've got Society, and if you've ever seen that, that's from 1989.
0: I remember that at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah
2: that's quite a good one. And but the other one. I was thinking about, I was trying to double check, which is Dano Bannon is the director, but Return of the Living Dead,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: is also 85, has a similar sort of comedy horror sensibility as um, Reanimator,
1: mm-hmm. where
2: like there's some legit scary moments and the horror's there, but they do a lot, of, you know, they're falling into that sort of like gory horror um, thing as well. So, you know, they're almost looks like a, you got the brat pack i think these guys like the splat pack this is the <laughs> mid-80s sort of gorehounds, uh and there's that, that sort of like collection of films but th- these ones i think stand out i think you know forgetting bride and um beyond reanimator i think you know if you were to take those mid-80s sort of films mm. mid to late 80s there's a series of, of really good splatter sort of like horror comedies i think um would be worth revisiting as a sort of a, a genre in and of itself.
0: Yeah, so I said at the top of the show, didn't I, that about watching all these different questionable movies? Yeah. But we we also did uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, "Tales from the Crypt: Bordello of Blood." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is—it's almost the same DNA as this. I, mm. I don't think it's the same caliber as, as say, the first Reanimator, but it's the same kind of horror comedy. Plenty of women in basques and things, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's I, I almost like
2: thought that was almost like, I think the, uh, you know, that was probably like the, the memo that went out when they created the TV show that sort of tells of yeah. the crypt was like, right. Because it's an early HBO, wasn't it? So it would probably be like, right, you know, boobs and horror, have some yeah. fun, you know, you've got the crypt keeper. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bordello of Blood. You, if you want to get I think Demon Knight, which is the other one they did, is actually slightly better. Um, yeah, but they're, both, they're both pretty
0: good fun. It was a Patreon pick, and they did mm. say that Demon Knight was better, but that's not why they made us watch it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if, if anything, they were like Demon Knight's better. That's why you're not watching that yeah, one. Yeah, that's you're why you're watching the, watching the
0: other one.
2: The other one. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair, it's a fair shout. I can understand that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but there, yeah, this this is definitely that sort of. There's definitely a genre of this, isn't it? The sort of splatter, sort of comedy horror, and I love them. I do think they're really good fun. But anyway, so final thoughts on. Um, uh, from beyond
0: so I, I did enjoy this one as well I think mm. it's very different uh, I mean that kind of idea about you know other life forms existing slightly out of phase with, with this one uh, you know I, I've seen other things other movies since what is the what is the game there's a game that uh, name's lost on me now but but again just that idea that people are there um I, and so i, I quite like the idea and the effects for the time were just absolutely brilliant you know and that's that's the thing that makes you go back and kind of re-watch it mm. like you say like we've said you know the kind of middle third that that's the best bit and then you know the finale does tail off a bit for me but um no again i i, I enjoyed this one and it was it was just different uh yeah. you know and some fresh ideas some good deaths and um yeah glad i've Glad I've watched this one now.
2: Yeah, add it. That's it add it to your um, add it to those list of things that Chris is probably never going to watch.
0: Uh, no, you won't watch this one.
2: Right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. but yeah, but I mean, yeah, but thank you very much for coming on and, and doing this retrospective. It's been it's been great to go back and do these films. I think yeah, you know, I've really enjoyed them and and. Um, every single one of these regardless of sort of, we've talked about the quality of them but i think they've all got something they've got moments where i'm like oh that's cool or like you yeah, know that's fun that's that looks good so i think each one of them has something to offer um and you know i think i think from from my or at least from my point of view i think that like at least like reanimator from beyond i will watch again and sort of like they'll be in my rotation of sort of you know if, and I'd recommend them if someone was asking for this kind of thing at like Halloween. You know, I'm looking mm. for something. I think they, I think these could be quite good fun, Halloween sort of like October movies. Um, so i would definitely recommend them at that sort of point. So what
0: order would you put all four in?
2: Oh, I think I think it really goes in. It really goes in order of release. I think for me, mm. I think, um, Reanimator is the best. Um, from Beyond comes in sort of second. I think some, you know, I think the special effects, the, say besides the third, the third act, being a bit of a mess, I think it's, it's actually really solid. Um, then Bride of Reanimator. A little bit down, there's Bride of Reanimator. She's mostly good. It's interesting. It's got some good bits. It gets, again, slightly messy, but um, I think the third act of that is actually really good. Um, mm. And then a bit, a bit of a bigger gap and then um, Beyond Reanimator. Mm. What about yourself? I think
0: almost the same. I'd probably flip Bride of Reanimator um, and From Beyond around. Mm. I, I do appreciate I think the, the gore on From in From Beyond is, is kind of ramped up a little bit more. I, I just love Jeffrey Coombs when he's properly yeah. hamming it up. And, <laughs> uh, you know, he's just... He's just playing that Batman villain. I I just love it. So, and like I say, I like the imagination. You know, the uh, all these different body parts glued Mm. together in different ways. I I really appreciated that. But um, yeah, it'd be close though. I I could see why. You know, we're we're almost on the same page there.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I think I'll be revisiting some of these just to uh, enjoy enjoy down the line they are good and if guys ladies and gentlemen if you've enjoyed them if you've watched them you know or if you haven't watched them and we've talked about them we've probably spoiled an awful lot also but like tough their films are like the most recent ones 20 years old so they're out there go watch them go check them out uh, and let us know what you think come find out come find us uh, you know at 20th century geek on twitter come let us know or any other social media platform come let us know what you think of the four films we've been talking about do you enjoy them do you think they're worth revisiting And have you got any thoughts on the levels of gore and everything else that's going on? Uh, But Dave, uh, do you want to give yourself a pop? Where can people find you and where can people listen to you? Well, first
0: of all, thanks very much, Scott, for letting me uh, come on and we talk about the second part of the quadrilogy <laughs> unofficially. Um, no, it's been really great. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't have gone back and watched these and I'm not the biggest horror fan in the world. And so I, I'm trying to think, I, I wasn't scared of these, but I was trying to think, well, if I'd have watched these in the, uh, certainly the, the first two in the, in the mid eighties, would I found them scary? I, I remember watching reanimator quite a lot. Um, and I, I felt like at that time, that was just about my limit, you know, without scaring the crap out of me. So uh, it's, it's been great to go back and watch. So you can get me at the VHS Strikes Back uh, podcast. You can also get me at Comics in Motion, uh, Chris and Dave's reality TV cast or back to the office. Whichever one, there must be something that tickles your fancy in that lot.
2: Yeah, you got something on there. And the links down for Comics in Motion is in, in the down below. Uh, Comics and in particular is an absolute sort of smorgasbord of um pop culture and sort of geek culture goodness. There's a podcast that, is every day now? I think it's seven days a week now. So, get something, isn't it? We, we've
0: we got enough shows to finish to fill that up, but mm. with life happening, we're, we're yeah. I would say we probably get about three hours a week. Um, But loads of different shows, you know, we've got classic comics, discussions, TV, movies, we do indie comics. Mike is so consistent with the Star Wars Mm. comics. Um, It's just, again, it's just, for me, it's just a fun place for us to be as just creators. You know, we love what we do. And then, uh, you know, just flip on the record button every now and then.
2: Yeah, every now and then, all the time. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: But yeah, do go check out Comics Emotion All all those sort of uh, podcast platforms Uh, But if you're liking what we're doing If you've enjoyed this conversation Go back and check all our other conversations All those other discussions I've had for uh, short stories And comics, Desert Island comics uh, And so many of the retrospectives You know, this is just the sort of The reanimator retrospective But uh, we've done Robocop, we've done Rocky We've done, and that's just the R's I've done Predator, I've done Terminator We've done all the big ones We've done some fantastic retrospectives Uh, Go back and check them out. And if you like them, leave a uh, review, leave a five-star review on your podcast platform. And more than that, if you really like what we're doing, go and check out our Patreon. Uh, It's there, out there. So www.patreon.com slash 20. That's 20CGmedia. And uh, there'll be a link down below. Uh, But There's all kinds of stuff on there. Absolute hours and hours of other podcast material that uh, we are putting out, which is uh, all good fun. But as usual, Dave, thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate it. It's been a great chance to... Catch up and talk uh, splatter horror.
0: Thank you very much, sir.
2: Uh, and, ladies and thank you very much. And uh, we shall talk again soon. <laughs>